and welcome back everyone it's been a absolutely wonderful episode i i'm always super happy to get to talk about star wars and i feel like my co-hosts are are the same way it's it's a it's a wonderful a wonderful series that has just so many parts levels symbolism everything that you'd want out of a a sci-fi series but uh without further ado we are going to begin the episode for ahsoka part one bonus episode where we'll be answering questions that we have received from different viewers and stuff the first one of which is by one of my good friends my brother from another mother his name is yorick and <laughs> his question is what seems better and why Fimboy luke or twink darth vader i'm gonna have to go with at least personally twink darth vader because sure he may be small twinkie boy however he can choke me like i stole something and that is that that does it for me i'd, I'd rather take that over Fimboy luke especially if we're talking about luke from like canon timeline because that luke kind of a bitch, and i can't handle a Fimboy, so i'll take twink darth vader he can choke me to death love it also hunter i'm forcing you to answer this question also i take the twink exactly bonk bonk thoughts <laughs> is this a question <laughs> Femboy Luke or Twink Darth Vader? Femboy. Oh, okay. I need to know why. I need a, a detailed answer on why. I just don't like Anakin. <laughs> that that's it. You just say like, I don't like Anakin. So I, I but but I'll f- your son. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> All right. So the uh, the second question that we have, and this one is from my friend Ryan. His question is, what are lightsabers as in like their weight? Are they weightless? Do they have little amounts of weight, etc.? Because in the films, there's a lot of different takes on how they're wielded. But if they're weightless, then the optimal move is just to use it like a five-year-old would. So to answer that question, the source of a lightsaber's weight is quite literally however the hilt is designed like the hilt is the only weight that the lightsaber actually has the energy beam itself that comes from the focus kyber crystal is for the most part weightless but you have the weight of the actual hilt so that's why it's very important when the lightsaber is designed that it fits not only the style of the user who crafted the lightsaber but it flows in a way that truly makes it an extension of their body so to answer your question directly the blade itself is weightless all the weight for the lightsaber comes from the hilt now i know hunter is about to mention the dark saber because dark saber yep i just go ahead you take it away bud i mean the the dark saber clearly has weight but i don't think the actual sword has weight the presence of the lightsaber in the force has weight there is pressure exerted on the user and if you're not fully in tune with the saber like he was saying it's your your style how you fight with it it has to be kind of tuned to the user if you're not flowing with the dark saber the dark saber is flowing against you and i think i think that's kind of true for all lightsabers i i, I think maybe not as heavily as the dark saber but the dark saber is a very unique lightsaber but typically the the actual laser sword portion of the lightsaber has has no weight i'm gonna have to disagree with you on some point of that in regards to lightsabers because sabine is able to use ezra's lightsaber right off the bat as if it was an actual sword that's what i'm saying so the dark saber is clearly a special case in that it has some like history it has some tie-in to the force that we we don't see from other sabers and maybe it's just the the design of it the way that it the the blade is shaped and whatnot maybe it's not meant to be used like a regular lightsaber where a regular lightsaber can 
be kind of swung around. And it, it's been around a lot longer than, say, Ezra's lightsaber, so it has had more time to potentially become a force conduit, kind of like a holocron has, you know, a force presence. Oh, I, like Exar Kun's lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. So the, the Darksaber has a history. It has it has some mystery behind it as to why it's heavy if you're, you're fighting against it uh, or scared of it. But uh, otherwise, you know, typically the, the lightsabers don't have big kind of weight. Oh, uh, one of the assets earlier, you guys mentioned earlier about uh, Ahsoka and Balin changing forms was ahsoka shown any new forms in fighting anakin because like i'm just assuming like that was kind of like her little training arc since she got defeated she learned something new within that area i don't know that ahsoka's lightsaber form changes as much that she adapts to the absolute mastery of form five that anakin shows us Anakin has always been a strong user of Form 5, but when he became Vader, when he ended up in the suit, he wasn't able to fight the way he used to prior to, you know, his injuries. He had to move slower, more methodically. He had to protect his chest where all of his electronics were. So he adapted multiple, I think three, different lightsaber forms into his own personalized form as Vader. And now that he is in his, you know, pre- mechanics body he's able to use form 5 which he is so so good at form 5 is meant to break down the offense the defenses of your opponent through like force so whenever you see anakin you know attack with the saber lock sabers with ahsoka or whatever he is always pressing into her pushing the advantage you see him using his shoulders putting all of his weight and his power in the force into the saber attacks even though he may not be spinning and flipping and whatnot which is something he did prior to being you know vader he he is very methodical and efficient with his attacks you don't see him waste movement like he he might have versus you know obi-wan when he's trying to be flare and rage emo kid and it's another thing too that you can kind of see in darth vader in the mechanical suits fighting form like that was what he used to help cover up his weaknesses was the fact that he was so strong not only in the force but because he has these mechanical apparatuses and extensions of his body that he can just use the weight of his swing against his opponent like when he's fighting uh kirak infill and a bunch of other people like Jax pavin from the coruscant night series every enemy that darth vader goes against talks about how when vader's swing comes in contact with their lightsaber they're just they have to use all their strength to not fall down like that it's just his whole thing is about overpowering and it's great to see that transition back to form five with Anakin because it's almost like the Vader suit was training with weights on and now the weights are off and it's just it's just let let the blows fly who was it who was it from from Naruto that pulls off the training weight Rock Lee, Rock Lee? it's like that he just drops the weights off the side massive boom and then he goes ham and then gets beat by plot armor <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, so the next question that we have is also from York. If lightsabers can smoothly cut through any kind of substance and are just light, then why do they collide with each other and deflect blaster shots? Do you want to answer this one, Winchy, or you want me to start it out? How you want to do this? Well, they're not just light. They are like superheated plasma, plasma. almost. Yeah, so they, they do have some physical form. And blaster bolts are superheated gas so it's superheated plasma in a very concentrated you know locale versus a superheated gas bullet basically an incendiary almost bullet of extremely hot gas um so they're just 
It's plasma versus gas. Plasma wins. And to follow up on that, you said, why do they collide with each other? It's funny. So it's described a couple of times in the Legends series. I don't know if they hint at it in canon or if it's the same. But lightsabers are actually attracted to each other in the the Legends timeline. So the reason why they lock most of the times is because their energy polarities pull them together and they snap, crackle, and pop like a Rice Krispie treat. Which so is why that. lightsaber combat is so flowy and whatnot uh, and why they can be so flowy with it. It's because they kind of know that their lightsaber is going towards the opponents. That's why we always, we do see a lot of those lockups. It's because they are stuck together almost and they're trying to overpower the other person. All right. So the next question we had, this one's funny. This is from my friend Solanine. He goes, what the f- kind of species was salacious crumb and how does a little lizard monkey thing get a name like a 30s jazz musician so for the first part as you as you mentioned uh salacious crumb is a kawakian monkey lizard which is ironically mara jade she hates them so much that they're her least favorite animal ever like she hates monkey lizards but as far as the name man i don't know where salacious b crumb came from but i I absolutely love it. It is probably one of the best names in all of Star Wars. The only one that I can think of that comes like close, in my opinion, is Warwick W. Wicket, the Ewok. <laughs> you know, we, we see some of those monkey lizards in the Mandalorian. I, I really hated, I hated that monkey lizard. It was so just jarring in Return of the Jedi. But then in the Mandalorian, we saw like five or six of them in a tree and they actually helped out Din Djarin and the other guys. So, I, you know, I don't hate them as much anymore they're still ugly as as heck but you know and just using that as a pivot point there are actually like quite a few animals that exist in star wars that are like hybrids of animals that we have so like the monkey lizard for example there's also piranha beetles there's there's some other ones but they, they have a lot of those in Star Wars and they always, what's the other one? A uh, spider hawks. I forget. There's so, there's so many of them and they are absolutely terrifying to think about too. Like what the hell is a spider hawk? Like, what do you do? You run, <laughs> you run. Yeah. Like a bat out of hell, I guess. All right. Uh, so another question that also comes from the same person. Question is, has anybody ever gotten a straight answer out of Lucas about how space jazz has just been jizz or jizz whaling for like three decades. I, I again, that's one that I uh, I don't really know, but I absolutely love the fact that the people who are in the cantina in episode four, A New Hope, are jizz whalers. It's just, it's hilarious to think about it. You you, you want to whale on some jizz? Yes, I do. <laughs> Such a catchy tune. Also, as a as a follow up, Brick Three PO just provided us. He's our he's our resident fact checker and fact provider. He said Salacious B Crumb's first name was created accidentally over a few drinks his last name was derived very differently he was named after famed underground cartoonist r crumb oh huh didn't know that that's pretty cool i did not know that at all it's pretty sick all right the next question that we have is who's the richest in star wars all right so in legends timeline i know for a fact it's the skyrata clan because okay basically long story short there's trillions of people on coruscant right so they made a program where they stole one credit from every person like 
and I think it was set to do it at an interval because no one's going to notice one credit missing. And if it's trillions of people, boom, all of a sudden you run that program once and you're a trillionaire. So they are 100% the richest in the Legends timeline. I don't know if that's ever confirmed, but that's what I like to believe because there is no way otherwise. Like, no way. And for all of you that don't know who the, the Skiratas are, uh, they're Mandalorians, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> they're the best. The best of the best. Kaskarada's sons, the ones who made the program, they are null null arcs, uh, clone troopers. They are six unique clone troopers that were they were like the first ones made, and they had some genetic enhancements that the other ones didn't get. We've seen arc troopers in in Clone Wars and whatnot, so we know kind of know what arc troopers were. But originally, they were like a hundred that were trained by Django. These six were trained by Kaskarada instead. They are the best of the best clones, and one of them is an extremely good hacker. And that's what he does. He creates this little mining program that goes through the entire treasury, the Galactic Republic treasury, and it just yoinks all the little credits. And then he goes to his dad and he's like, hey, uh, our bank account is currently sitting at like, you know, 12.3 trillion or whatever, whatever he said. And Kao um, Skirata almost has a heart attack. It was great. Was it was it Jang who wrote the program? I can't, yes, I can't remember. Yes, it was Jang. Yes. <laughs> oh, we got another question here, actually. So this is from Crothio. He says, is Legends still worth getting into if some of it is no longer canon? So... In my opinion, yes, I absolutely love the Legends timeline. The continuity, the references from all of the past books in all of the books going forward always makes me happy because if you read everything, you're going to like, oh, this was from that book. Oh, that was from that book. And I enjoy it. The only thing is, like you mentioned, it's no longer canon. The only thing that runs congruent between the timelines is the Clone Wars. And that's that's the only overlap. Everything else, for the most part, is not, you know, not relevant anymore, for the most part. Now, canon does take certain aspects and certain different things from the legends timeline that we see such as uh like world devastators that's something that we saw in legends first that they took to canon and there's a couple other things and stuff such as like the naming of the solo of kylo ren being ben solo whereas in the legends timeline we had ben skywalker so there's like little stuff that they that they they will take they'll pull pieces from like plot lines like the, the the thrawn stuff they're not completely the same but thrawn is a character that was introduced in legends by timothy zahn that disney liked so much and they decided to bring Timothy's on back to write Thrawn into canon and so like th there's a lot of stuff that they they pull from Legends but yes I do think that Legends is definitely worth getting into the stories are great and though they aren't the the current timeline the canon timeline I will always enjoy them because people like me and Hunter we grew up with these and, and this is what we know and it's just it's it's amazing stories in my opinion something that's really cool from legends that i think is still canon potentially it hasn't been refuted and they've actually dropped bits of it into the live action series is actually Django fett's history uh the history of the death watch as well death watch was in uh, legends and it was very similar to the death watch that we see in clone wars and when boba gets his armor and we'll talk more about mandalorian stuff in a, in the future but when boba gets his armor from dinjarin and he shows the chain code to prove to dinjarin that it is his father's armor we see the name jaster mareel on that chain code yeah which confirms that jaster mareel is in canon which means that all of those comics about jaster and Django are potentially canon and i love that so much the way they met how he and dooku met how dooku massacred all of his friends and he still ended up working with Dooku to kill all the Jedi. 
the whole master plan, all of that potentially is still canon. So one bit of legends that you can read that will definitely tie in is Django Fett's story and the story of some of those clone troopers, which I think is awesome. Give me the Skyrata clan, please. Please. If that ever became canon, I would lose my I would just lose my all over the place. Give me Cad. I don't care. Give me someone. Anyone. Even Darman. We have one more. It's what is our opinion on the shows that air on Cartoon Network? Actually, we were just talking about this recently. I I really do love the Clone Wars micro series that had come out on, on Cartoon Network. I had watched it, rewatched it rather, recently. And I absolutely love it because one thing that I think that it shows best is how militant the Jedi had become. You know, we're used to seeing the Jedi as peacekeepers. That's what they have been for the past X thousand years. And now you get to see them just kind of be badasses in war, honestly. Like, there's one episode where, like, Mace Windu is standing in front of, like, a thousand droids. And he's like, now if you want to surrender is the time. And you're just like, dude, you're in front of a thousand droids. What are you going to do? And then he just absolutely runs through them, just massacres them. So I love the micro series. And it, it kind of set up um, Grievous, I think, right? Because of the, we see how uh, he got like the cough and whatnot. Yeah, Grievous and Asajj Yeah, who were not seen, you know, before that. All right, so that seems to be all the questions that we have. Now, before we conclude this bonus episode, one thing that we would like to share is our speculations and predictions for the upcoming finale of ahsoka next episode will be our part two where we finish off our discussion of ahsoka so i will let my fellow co-hosts share what their opinions and predictions are and we'll talk about that for a little bit and then we'll call it an episode what are the odds that ezra fell to the dark side i think slim to none in my opinion what are the odds that he and thrawn are now working together because he's learned of thrawn's like ultimate plan and he's going to help thrawn i just i I'm now that's what the, the twist is going to be. That is what I, I thought. Because the one thing that, that you see about Thrawn and Legends is that it's hard to disagree with him. Because he's rooted in, I don't even, it's not even aristocracy. It's just like a deep passion for analysis almost. You know, like, because the one thing about Thrawn is that he could tell you, he could make you a battle plan and predict what his enemy is going to do simply based on the art of that person's culture, that is like some high caliber, purebred kind of genius thinking. And that's why I always love Thrawn. And so I can definitely see Ezra being so young and I don't want to say moldable, but yes, like I could see Thrawn influencing him in some manner. And I would, I would definitely be interested to see that because that would break not only Sabine's little heart, but we would get Ezra versus Ahsoka, which I would love to see. <laughs> that would be, that would be sick. He'll, he'll be like the new Luke or <laughs> Sabov. Yeah. You know, Thrawn's strategy, like in the books, it doesn't at one point he's like attacking a city and they have their uh, deflector shields up and he inst just bombards the ocean nearby to flood the city to just wipe out the whole thing he, he's got some military genius and definitely some some strategy i really hope we we see that like mastermind kind of side of him um, i mean we definitely have to if, especially since timothy zahn was included in the writing of the character i just i know it i know it i wonder at what point we'll see sabine move the cup if she ever moves the cup that she was trying to move in the force 
What I want to know about, I want to know why she went. Like, I I mean, like, I have an idea, of course, Ezra, but like, she could have destroyed it. Like, there was nothing stopping. She might have died, but she could have destroyed it. I think she's going to go to the dark side. That's my prediction. She's not even force sensitive, though, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that she's going to go to the dark side. I I think she just, she spent like 10 years, you know, waiting for Ezra, hoping to, to see him again, looking at his little parting message with his little holocron or hologram image not holocron hologram image like i think she just misses misses ezra maybe she in love with him i don't know think about this what if we're right about thrawn convincing ezra and then ezra pulls sabine over or it causes conflict where sabine has to choose not ezra basically i i definitely think it's possible just because of all of the like choices we've seen people have to make you know sabine choosing to go with Balon, uh ahsoka choosing you know, not to to kill Vader or attack Vader, going you know towards Ahsoka the the White Hera choosing to to go against orders and basically probably lose her general status uh, for all this. It's definitely choices choices for all the characters. So Ezra, if he's still alive, which I, I mean we hope he is, right? Ezra's going to have a choice, and and Sabine might have another one. Bonk Bonk, did you have any other predictions? I think Shin's going to kill Balin too. Ooh, ooh, damn! damn. I didn't even you think know, about that, but that. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I see that she has way more bloodlust than him and him being more tactical I could easily see them disagreeing on things and Shin just cutting him down the other thing that I had a theory for is either Balin or Shin kidnapping Jason that was another thought that had crossed my mind I would I would enjoy seeing that because they've got to know that he's some degree of force sensitive so do they like at all I would just assume that being Depa Balab okay so Kanan Jarrus was Depa Balab was Padawan, Balin most likely would know Kanan. And if he found out that that was Kanan's son, I feel like he would try. That's the point I'm I'm skeptical about because Hera seems to be very secretive with that. She she doesn't even want him to like associate with like Jedi stuff, really. She seems afraid of the potential for him for her to lose him because he was a Jedi and did something like Kanan did. I, I feel like she would hide it. You know, the Jedi were were hunted for a long time. It's it's not the time of like show that you're a Jedi so that everyone knows you're a cool dude. It's the time of like, hey, this is post the Jedi were murdered and they're just barely coming back and Luke is is the only person trying to chain them and hopefully jason doesn't go to the academy honestly because if he does go to the academy we know that he either oh, dies or he joins sh- oh yeah well the, the the reason why i think that it might be a possibility is because literally in all of star wars history every time you've tried to hide a jedi that mother- has been found every time. Yoda. No, he was still found by Luke. By, uh, Luke also, directions uh, from Obi Wan. Technically, technically, Star Killer also stumbled upon Yoda. That doesn't count. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't count. It absolutely does. Star Killer went to You're Dagobah. Lying. No, I'm not. It's in the video game. No, no, I played the game. I know that, but it's 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 not relevant. It's very relevant to me. Not not for canon. Mm-mm. Okay, well, excluding the. Jedi Grandmaster. No, no, no. Excluding the Jedi Grandmaster, how many times has someone hidden a Jedi and it hasn't been found? Balon. Cad. But he, reve- he revealed himself. Uh, and Cad was found. No, he revealed himself. No, the yes. I, in the story. No, no. In the story, who was it? They knew. They could tell. Who? Who was it? I, I forget. Who stumbled upon him? In the because it was in the it was in um Kirimaru. Oh, you mean the 
the freaking Kam Kaminoan and the little girl? Maybe. They literally brought them there. Of course they would know. But like, literally after that, he's hidden away until he, he pops up to help train Jaina. Okay, well, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else we got? There's a couple of Jedi chilling around. All right, folks. Well, that is our show for the day. Thank you for being here for the recording of the main episode and for this recording for the bonus episode. We really appreciate all the support and all the questions. We absolutely love getting to answer these questions. They're they're fantastic. They're they're fun to answer too. Don't be shy if they're wacky or goofy or inappropriate or whatever. We will literally answer anything because that's what we're here for. But until next time, this has been the Force Unscripted. Thank you all so much for being here and we'll catch you all at the Ahsoka part two recording. Y'all have a good one. Bye.